you have your Bibles, turn to Exodus chapter 17, and you can also turn to 1 John chapter 5. And I'm, tra- I'm, I'm transitioning in series, I'm still dealing with staying, staying in faith. But when I was on TBN a couple weeks ago, and I was asked a question about with everything that's going on in the world, and things going up, and things going down, and and just everything that we see going on in the society, it was asked a question, well, what's the answer? What's the key to overcoming or what's the problem? And, and uh, you know, the answer that rose up into me in that an- for that question was, it's all about position. You know, if, if you're dealing with anger, you're not sure about your direction for life, you're not sure how, Things are going to work out and, and you're dealing with pressure. You know, it, it comes down to always making sure, are you in the right position? Right. And I'm not necessarily talking about placement, but I'm talking about position. A, men, a mental understanding, am I in the right position? Am I in the right place? Do I have the right understanding? Do I understand my righteousness? Do I understand that I'm a child of God? Do I understand my authority? Do I understand? And see, all these things have to do with position, and we're going to get into these things as the Lord permits, but, but I, I'm transitioning here this morning, and I want to read this to you in Exodus chapter 17 as we get into this morning. Now, our, our lead scripture that I dealt with this series was found in Acts chapter 11 when Barnabas showed up to the church of Antioch, and he saw the grace of God that was on them. And it said that he continuously exhorted them to cleave unto, remain faithful to, and devoted to the Lord with steady purpose of heart. Yeah. Remain faithful to, meaning with steady purpose of heart, meaning I'm making a decision, I'm making a determined decision that, you know what, I'm going to remain faithful. No matter what I'm dealing with right now, I'm keeping my eyes on him. See, now more than ever, you and I as believers and, and the children of God, we have to keep our eyes on him. You know, there's so many warnings throughout the scripture. The Bible tells us not to be tossed to and fro. The Bible talks about about having wisdom and talking about a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. It tells us to not have fear about anything. See, all these things that we see working within our world, double-mindedness, being tossed to and fro, confusion, having fear about everything. So what is the answer? Keeping our eyes set, keeping our mind focused. Staying in faith. God, this was your promise, and this is what I'm standing on. And almost like the, like the, Hebrew, the Hebrew boys, that when they were about to be thrown in the furnace, and, and then he said, we know you're going to deliver us, but if you don't, it doesn't matter. We know we're going to be with you. That, that is such a tenacity that I'm holding on to the promise, and I'm holding on to you, and it doesn't matter what happens. I'm looking to you. That's position. I'm getting ahead of myself for future weeks here, but... But in, in Exodus chapter 17, I, I want to read a set of scriptures here to you. Verse 1, I'm going to read a couple here. Uh, and, and verse 1 says, And all the congregation of the children of Israel journeyed from the wilderness of sin after their journeys, according to the commandment of the Lord. And they pitched in Rephidim, and there was no water for the people to drink. Wherefore, the people did chide with Moses, meaning they were angry with him. They, they persecuted him and said, give us water that we may drink. And Moses said unto them, why chide? Why be angry with me? Wherefore do you tempt the Lord? And the people thirsted there for water. And the people murmured against Moses and said, wherefore is thou that has brought us up to Egypt to kill us and our children and our cattle with, and, uh, with thirst? 
And Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, What shall I do unto the people? They're almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said to Moses, Go on before the people and take with thee of the elders of Israel and your rod. That rod will be important. Wherewith thou smote the river, take in thine hand and go. Behold, I will stand before there upon the rock. Now listen, I will stand before thee there upon the rock in Horeb, and thou shalt smite the rock, and there shall come water out of it that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel, and he, and he called the name of the place Massah and Meribah, because the children of Israel, uh, because of the children of Israel, because they tempted the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? Father God, I thank you for your word this morning. And we thank you for the faithfulness of your word. Bring us up to another level in our understanding. Bring us up to another level in our faith. Because every time we come around this word, Father, our faith grows and builds. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. What a question. What a question. Is God among us or not? (laughs) Man, I've asked that question. (laughs) Guilty. God, where are you? God, what... How, God, where are you, God? What's up, God? Don't you see what I'm going? God, don't you know what I'm going? God, what, isn't God among us or not? That was where they were at. That was where they were at. But you have to understand something about faith. It's not, faith isn't about, isn't about what you're going through at the moment. It's about what you believe in the moment. It's not about where you might be right now, but it's understanding, it's understanding about, about God's with me in this moment. God's with me in this difficulty. God's with this nation right now. God is over this nation right now. God is over your family right now. God is, is in between your relationship right now. But the thing is, is you have to make a decision. You know what? I'm going to stay in faith. I'm going to stay in faith. Let's go to 1 John chapter 5. We're going to come back to Exodus chapter 17 a little bit later. Verse 1 says, Whosoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Man, what an awesome script. Whosoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Whosoever. It's, it's whosoever, meaning anyone. There's no limitation in this word. It's whoever chooses to believe this. Whosoever. Say, I'm a whosoever. I'm a whosoever. whosoever believes that Jesus is the Christ. Another word that I want you to see pretending to believe is the word know. Whosoever knows that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Are you born again? Have you made Jesus the Lord of your life? Then you are that who say, you are born of God. You're born of God. Let's go to verse four. For whatsoever is born of God. See, now we know who he's talking to. He's talking to you. He's talking to me. For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Think about, listen to that. For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. It just told us, whosoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And down here it says, and whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. 
The Amplified says, for whatever is born of God is victorious over the world. And this is the victory that conquers the world, even our faith. Meaning whatever you're dealing with in this world, in this cosmos, in this realm that we're dealing with, the way to overcome it will always be faith. It's staying in faith. It doesn't matter what it might look like right now. Your job, our job is to stay in faith. Verse five, who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believes that Jesus is the son of God. Staying in faith is about resting in victory. Staying in faith is about resting in victory. Another word for rest could be staying. Staying in faith is about staying in victory. Through him, you are victorious. Through him, you're victorious. Get get an understanding. Whatever you're dealing with right now, it's through him that you will obtain victory over this. If, if, If there's confusion, it's through Christ. He is our wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. If there's weakness, he is the, Christ is the wisdom of God and the power of God. You're not sure what to do and things are coming against you. He is your strong tower. Whatever it is, you have to understand it's my faith in him that's going to cause me to overcome whatever I might be going through at the moment. Amen. Staying in faith is about staying in victory. Whosoever believeth, whosoever knows, Faith isn't about resting in man's opinion about something. Our faith is not built on the opinions that men have about God, but our faith is founded on this word that's ever living, never fading, and totally incorruptible. My faith is not founded on man's opinion, but it's on this word. This word reveals to us God's nature, God's ability, and God's desire and our hope for the future. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's not about words on a page. It's not about memorizing scriptures, but it's having an encounter with a person. Whosoever is Whoever, whosoever believes, that Je- whoever knows, is not having an opinion about Jesus, but is knowing about Jesus. Amen. Faith is not just, just, just hearing and looking at words on a page, but it's having an encounter with a person. Jesus dealt with that. Jesus, in John chapter 5, verse 39, he talks to those that are following him and those that are persecuting him. He says, you look at the scriptures and you pour over the scriptures because in them you think you have eternal life. He says, but those very things are the things that testify of me. He goes, you think you have life because you know scriptures? You think you have life because you can quote John 3, 16? You think you have life because you can quote the Torah from the beginning to the end, backwards and forwards? But you got to understand the whole thing was about me. Everything is about me. Everything is about Jesus. It's not about how many scriptures you can quote if you don't know Jesus. Whosoever knows about Jesus. It's not having an idea about Jesus. It's knowing him. It's knowing him. Jesus even said in that last prayer in John chapter 17, he says, he says, this is life eternal. 
This is life. You want to know what eternal life is? You know what the God kind of life is? Perpetual. You want to know what true life is? It's knowing God. And the one, and the only, the only, the only. Do you think there were... There was multiple religions in Jesus' day, just like there is our day. But Jesus had to clarify true life. You know what true life is? True eternal life is to know the one, the one, the one, the one, the one, the one, the one true living God. And he didn't say, and Jesus Christ, whom he has sent. There's not many ways to God, my friend. There's one. But it's knowing that. See, when you know that, it produces an eternal quality on the inside of you. Romans chapter 12 calls it the measure of faith. The measure of faith, meaning, meaning I didn't get a different measure than you. We all got the same measure. If he said a measure, then, then Chris could have got a different measure than Vic got. But it was the measure. It was a set portion. It was the exact portion that everyone got. Meaning when you accepted Jesus and you knew him be, as Lord, all of a sudden God placed a seed down on the inside of you. And it was an eternal seed. The same thing that was birthed on the inside of Jesus and the same thing that was birthed on the inside of Mary. And it's called a measure of faith. Wow. Knowing. Hosea chapter 6, verse 3, he says, the prophet says, then shall you know if you follow on to know. Meaning, meaning this whole thing with Jesus is, is not a one-time encounter. Then will you know if you follow on to know. And I love it. He says, it says, and he shall come like the morning and he shall come like the rain. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's prophesying about Jesus. Then shall you know if you follow on to know. Meaning, it's not like, hey, I accepted Jesus. Okay, check, I'm done that. No, it's a pursuit for the rest of my life, and it's a pursuit for the rest of your life. It's not, hey, I'm saved now, I'm going to heaven. No, it is a pursuit. It is a pursuit, and it's a pursuit that you'll never stop following until you're with him. See, religion would like to tell you it's all about the one-time conversion, but no, it's the lifetime pursuit. Go to Daniel chapter 11. Daniel chapter 11. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Daniel chapter 11. Man, so many amazing things in the book of Daniel. Wow. Man, Daniel, this book, I'm telling you, this book is like for the day and age we're living in, this book is so vital. And this book, if you read the book, it's about living godly in an ungodly world. It's how to deal deal with persecution and not waver in, in what you believe. It's about pursuing God, but yet being submitted to a king. Man, and we, we see so many things. We, we see about prayer and fasting. We see about what happens in the unseen in, when, in our prayer life, about how angels are at work and how angels are moving. There's so many amazing things that we can glean from this. But Daniel is also a prophetic book. 
that talks about, that we see in Revelations. And this isn't going to be about eschatology this morning and the study of God's return. But I want you to see something in this scripture having to do with knowing. Because this is faith, staying in faith is about knowing him, right? Faith is about knowing. Whosoever knows that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And here in this time, and what I'm about to read to you is written from a standpoint that there were two kingdoms, a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom, and they did not like each other. It was their civil war, so to speak, the north and the south. It was conflict, and and there wasn't a good side and there wasn't a bad side. I mean, there wasn't a good side. They were both bad sides, sorry. (laughs) They were both opposed to God. And, and here, they were, they, they were so, they, they made themselves to be God. And so here, they, they had, they were, they wanted, how do I say it, Father? They wanted everyone to like them. The leaders in these kingdoms wanted everyone to like them. Uh, let's go to verse 32. A lot of times people quote just the last half of the scripture, but I want you to see this. And such as do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt by flatteries. Now, it's talking about two kingdoms here, but yet all of a sudden, in the middle of explaining these two kingdoms, he makes the statement, and such as do wickedly, talking about the kingdoms, these kingdoms do wickedly against the covenant. Now, the word wicked is where we get our word wicker from, which means twisted. So here he says, and such as do that twist against the covenant. They, they, they twist the covenant. So here, such as do wickedly against, they twist the covenant, shall he corrupt by flatteries. The word corrupt means to dissemble piece by piece. And the word flatteries means with fine words and smooth talk. So how were they twisting the covenant? So what really what we're seeing happen is you have God's people that are in bondage to these kingdoms. And what happening, these kingdoms wanted them on their side. They wanted their people because they were a great people. But yet what they were doing is they were trying to they were trying to dissemble them piece by piece by twisting the covenant. They were trying to they were trying to make allowances with their covenant, different things with their covenant. That they were trying to dissemble everything they believed by twisting the covenant a little bit here and a little bit there. They were trying to gain momentum and gain certain things by if I just get them on my side, or if I just get this people on my side, or if I just get them on my side, all through dissembling them through flatteries, through smooth words and empty promises. And that's what, that's what, that's what the enemy constantly tries to do in our ears. Try to dissemble you piece by piece by just saying, it's okay, I don't really need to stand for that. It's all right, whatever will be. Well, you know, I could do this or I could do that, and that's another way. But no, what did God say? What, see, God, what God has said to you is a covenant between you and him. And what the enemy wants to do is dissemble, take away piece by piece what he's told you and what he's spoken to you. And what is he really trying to do? He's trying to destroy your faith. 
Let's look at this. Now you know what that scripture means. And such as do wickedly against the covenant shall be corrupted by flatteries, but, but, so glad for buts there, but the people that do know their God shall be strong. But the people that do know their God. It didn't say the people that are strong. It says the people that know their God shall be strong. It's the people that know their God that shall be strong. Do you know God this morning? See, it's in your knowing him that produces strength. What is faith? Faith is based and built on knowing him. The day we're living in, we need to know God. But they that know their God shall be. It doesn't matter what's happening out there. But they that know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. It doesn't matter what CNN says, but those that know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. It doesn't matter what, what the late night show says. Uh, it, it's, uh, they that know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. It doesn't matter what your friends might say. They that know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. It doesn't matter what your mama might say. It's those that know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. They that know their God, those that are intimately acquainted with God, those that have had an encounter with God shall be strong and do great exploits. You know what strong, what strong means? I'll tell you. They that, now listen to this. They that will be strong, the word strong means courageous. Meaning not backing down. They that know their God shall be courageous. They that know their God shall be powerful. They that know their God shall be fortified. They that know their God shall be established. And they that know their God shall be constant. Sounds like faithful. They that know their God shall be faithful. They that know their God shall be constant. They that know their God shall be established. They that know their God will be powerful. They that know their God will be courageous. And do. And do exploits. What does exploits say? I'm glad you asked. Exploit means to accomplish something. It means a striking, notable deed. It means to take action. It means to advance towards the finish. It means to produce something. The same word do here, do exploits, is the same word in the Hebrew that God used. And, 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 it said, and when he made everything and said that it was good. That's the same word. When he made everything and saw that it was good. When he made everything, that's the same word that, that, that Daniel is using here. They that know their God shall be constant. They that know their God shall be faithful and they shall flourish. They that know their God shall do notable things. They that, they that know their God shall be courageous and produce great things. They that know their God, hallelujah, hallelujah, shall advance. Hallelujah. They that know their God. Hallelujah. They that know their God shall be courageous and do great things. They that know their God. They that know their God. They that know their God will do extraordinary things. They that have a personal relationship with the Father will do striking, notable things. I like striking, notable deeds. I, don't know about I want God to do some striking, notable deeds through my life. I want God to produce things through me. I, I want to I be able to accomplish great things. I, I want to take action. I want to advance and finish something. Amen? But it's based on those that know their God will be strong. See, it's out of knowing him that you become strong. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go to Psalms 103. Psalms 103. 
Thank you, Father. Staying in faith is about staying in victory. Hallelujah. Staying in faith is about staying in victory. They that know their God will be victorious. They'll be strong and they will finish. Hallelujah. You all falling asleep on me or are you, are you just listening? Hallelujah. You're just taking it all in, right? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. David had a revelation of who God is. You have to understand, David, David had the law. David had the writings of Moses. He, he, had, he had the writings, and, and, and through it, he discovered who God was. David starts out this psalm, and, and what does he say? He says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. See, see we, we look at this as just the beginning and just kind of like a, we listen, we look at it just in our, our thinking, our understanding, and, and in our Western mindset. We're like, oh, he's just kind of beginning in the soul now. Praise God. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. And yeah, yeah, bless the Lord. Praise his holy name. But there was so much more in these verses than something that we need to just gloss over. When he said, bless the Lord, what he was doing was he was opening himself up and yielding himself to Jehovah. See, the Jehovah, that name in its alone, in a rabbi that wouldn't even say that name. They, they couldn't even write it with the vowels. That's how sacred that name is. The name was so special that, that they could only speak it at certain times. It was something that they, they set apart. But you know what? A lot of times we take for granted his name. Bless Jehovah. Bless Yahweh. Who, who is Jehovah? It's a name that, that we, we see first in, in, in Exodus chapter 3 when he, God goes to, uh, to Moses and says, you know, I've revealed myself to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as Elohim. Being the creator of all things. But to you, I make myself known to you as Jehovah. Meaning I'm going from just being a creator, being someone personal. The word Jehovah means ever-living, ever-loving God in whom nothing is impossible, that has no limitations. So when he's saying, bless Jehovah, he's saying, I yield myself. I open myself up to the one who's ever-living ever loving who was and who is to come who doesn't change and always keeps his word and who's constantly also evolving what does that mean he's always revealing himself he's always revealing himself and, and David David got a hold of this and when he said Lord bless his holy Name. There was something about this name, and when you understand this name, it will produce a strength in your life. Those that know their God is not just saying, hey, yeah, I accepted Jesus, done. No, it's knowing who he is. Faith is not based on just having an idea about Jesus, but it's knowing him. 
I mean, if you think about it, as we look at the Old Testament, those words and names are constantly, constantly being revealed to us. He constantly revealed himself throughout Scripture. We knew him as Elohim. In Exodus chapter 15, he says that he is Jehovah Rapha. He's our healer. In Psalms 23, we see him as Jehovah Roi, which is our shepherd. We see him in Leviticus 20. It says that he is Jehovah Makedesh, which is our sanctifier. He is the one that sets us apart. We see him in Jeremiah chapter 23. He reveals himself that I am Jehovah Sidkenu, which means I am your righteousness. And I could go down a long list of names for you. But Ezekiel chapter 48, the very last verse, he says, I am Jehovah Shammah, and I am the Lord God that's there. He called that place the Lord God that's there. He, he, he divided all the 12 tribes with 4,500 people and gave them each part of the gate. And it said that the king would sit in the center and he would be Jehovah Shammah. He is the Lord God that's there. Oh, you need to know that, that he is there. He is right with you. He is Jehovah Shammah. So, so there needs to be an explosion and a growth in our understanding of who God is besides, well, he's just Jesus. He's so much more than just Jesus. When Jesus stood up and, and they, were, they went to betray him and, 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 it said, and it said, who are you? And, and they said, are you Jesus of Nazareth, the one that we're seeking? And, and all of a sudden when he said, I am, in Mark it says they all fell over backwards. So when Jesus said, I am, he was releasing everything from Genesis to Malachi and who God had revealed himself to be in that one name, I am. See, staying in faith is not having an idea of about Jesus, but it's staying in your victory and knowing who Jesus is, knowing who God is, and knowing what he came to do. He goes on, bless the Lord all my soul. And then he says, and forget not any of his benefits. See, it's not just now knowing his name, but what did he do? He forgives all our iniquity. He heals all of our diseases. He redeems our life from destruction. He crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercy. He satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executes righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. Are you oppressed this morning? Then he's already made a judgment that you have a right to be free. He's righteous. He sees you and he has already paid the price for you. He was made righteousness for you that are oppressed. See, but you got to know this, and you need to not have an idea of it, but it's got to be something that becomes a revelation on the inside of you. He, now listen to this. He made known his ways unto Moses and his acts unto the children of Israel. I started this message. The children of Israel said what? Is God among us? Is God among us? Is he here? Because of this statement, Moses knew his ways, but the children of Israel just knew his acts. There's a difference. As a father, Bren, my wife, I, thought, I don't want them to just know my acts in front of you. I want them to know my ways in front of them. I, I want when Bren grows up that he knows that he, he can say, my father was a good father. To the best of his ability, he wasn't perfect, but he kept his word. And I know he loved me. I want my, my wife to say, to say yeah, he, 
where, where, yeah, I just know the things you do, but she knows my ways. She knows things about me that no one else knows. She knows my struggles. She knows my insecurities. She knows the fears that I, she knows the things that I battled. Why? Because she knows me personally. In this scripture, David had a revelation. I don't just want to be someone that knows your acts, God. I I want to know your ways. Ways there means character. I know when Moses knew his God's character, he, he, he knew who he was and he knew how he would respond. You know what, you ever had a, had a boss or you work with someone and you go to them and, and, and you want to tell them something but you're afraid because you don't know how they were, will respond because you don't know their ways. Right. I've had people come up to me and say, well, I didn't, you're the pastor and I didn't think you, you know, you, you, you talk to me and all that. I was like, well, you don't know me. You don't know me. I'm the most easygoing people you ever meet. <laughs> Well, I just didn't know what you would say. You don't know me. So when the children of Israel would say, well, is God among us? They didn't know him. They didn't know him. When you make that statement in your prayer life, it could be a hard statement. You don't really know him. Staying in faith is staying in victory. Thank you, Father. Moses knew his ways. The children knew his acts. I could go on reading, but let's for sake of time, let's go to Exodus, back to Exodus chapter 17. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. As a transition in talking about position, staying in faith and staying in victory. Staying in faith is about knowing him, and knowing him is what produces the victory, right? Now, the position that we need to hold in our lives more than any in this season as the body of Christ is a position of prayer. In Exodus chapter 17, verse 8, it says, Then came Amalek, and he fought with Israel in Rephidim. Then came Amalek. Who is Amalek? The word Amalek means those that dwell in the valley. So here these people that are dwelling in the valley were fighting with Israel in Rephidim. What does Rephidim mean? It means a place of rest. So what do we see in this account? We hear, we see the enemy that are dwelling in the valley coming against God's people when they're trying to be at a place of rest. Faith rests. And more than anything, the enemy wants to come against your rest. He wants to keep you from coming to a place of rest. So here, the enemy was trying to get God's people. They were going from one place. What is a valley? A valley is a place in between from, from, from where you are to where you need to go. That's where a valley. Going from one mountain to another mountain. And here we have an enemy in between trying to get me away from my rest. 
and get me away from where I'm going. And Moses said to Joshua, choose us out men and go out, fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. But this is what Moses said to Joshua. Choose out men and go out, fight with Amalek, fight with this enemy. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses had said to him, and he fought with Amalek. And Moses and Aaron and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And it came to pass, when Moses held up his hand, the Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy. And they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat thereon. Now think about this for a moment. Here you have an enemy, and they're fighting. The valley is here in the center, and that's a place of rest. That's where you might be right now. You're resting on God's promises. You know who God is. You're just like Moses. Moses knew God's ways. And Moses saying, okay, all right, Joshua knew God's ways. And they're standing there in between these two places from where they're going, and they're trying to rest in what God had told them about going to a promised land. And here Moses comes up to the top of the hill, and he has the rod of God in his hand. What does the rod represent? The rod represents Jesus. Isaiah prophesies about that there would be a rod coming out of the stem of Jesse, prophesying about the Messiah to come. So who is the rod? The rod represents Jesus. So here Moses stands out, and he lifts the rod. And as long as he's lifting up the rod, they're victorious. But yet in the midst of being victorious, Moses, Moses is a representation of us, and his hands are getting heavy. His hands are getting heavy. He's getting tired. He's getting tired of standing. So what happens is they come and they put a stone underneath of him. What does that represent? That represents the word of God. See, when you get weary, when you get weary, from, you get weary, you need to go to the word. You, you need, and what is authority also? What is the rod also? It represents your authority. See, the rod represents your authority. And the thing is, your authority is going to have to rest upon the word of God. Because if you're just trying to live your authority and your own strength, you'll always be weak. But when you choose to base your authority on the word of God, you will be strong. Stay with me here. And Moses' hands were heavy. Now listen, and they took a stone and put it under him. And he sat thereon. And Aaron and Hurd stayed up his hands, the one on the one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. And Joshua disconfitted Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. And the Lord said to Moses, write this for a memorial in the book. Now listen, and rehearse it in the ears of Joshua. For I will utterly put out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar and called the name of it Jehovah Nisi. The Lord, our banner. Some renderings, the Lord, our victorious banner. For he said, because the Lord has sworn that the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. Wait a minute, he just said that he was going to blot them off the face of the earth. But then he turns around and says, because the Lord has sworn that the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. Meaning, meaning for you and I, what do we need to get a hold of? That there'll always be Amaleks. There's always be Amaleks trying to come between you and where God desires you to be. There's always going to be Amaleks to come against you and what God wants done in the earth. So get a picture. Moses lifting the rod. They put a rock in his hand and they take Aaron and they take her to lift up his arms. 
and says as long as his arms were lifted up, they would be victorious. What does Aaron and her represent? The word Aaron means light bringer. What did God say in Genesis 1 when darkness was upon the face of the deep? He said the Holy Spirit hovered over and he said light be. Aaron represents the Holy Spirit. Her. There's two definitions for her in the Hebrew. One is, one is whole and the second one is white linen. What is white linen on the symbolized throughout, throughout the Bible and throughout and said so they were standing in their white robes or, they, or when the high priest they were fully dressed in, what is it? it represents righteousness. So get a picture of this. See, the whole aspect is a picture of prayer. This whole aspect. See, you're not going to make it through your, through, through your enemy in your own ability and your own strength. It's always going to be through prayer, this position of prayer. So get an understanding. Here, Moses had the authority. He was resting on the, on the, word, on the word, and he understood, and the Holy Spirit lifted up one hand, and righteousness lifted up the other. And as long as righteousness, as long as the Holy Spirit, as long as the authority, and long as the word were, were in position, God's people were going to become victorious. Prayer is vital in this season. One of the, there was five things the Lord told me about this year as a church. And one of the things he said was, was prayer will be essential. Prayer will be essential. That's a position that you and I have to take as men in our homes, with our children, with our, with our family, within our church, taking that position of prayer. Taking that position, because you know what? Amalek doesn't want you to succeed. Staying in faith is resting in victory. But we have to take this position of prayer. Take this position, resting on the word. Taking this position with our authority. Taking this position with the Holy Spirit and understanding that we are the righteousness of God in Christ. Thank you, Father. You know, just things, adjustments I'm making on Wednesday nights. You know, we have service every Wednesday and, and starting corporate prayer in here at 645, 15 minutes before service starts. You know, I've been working with Karen Rattan that's over our prayer team and, and Betty Wright. You know, there's something I want to start in February where we have a 24-hour uh, prayer thing going on. And you don't have to come up here to do it. You can get on a time slot. You, if, you, if you work night shift you, or during the day, set your alarm 3 o'clock in the morning and, and go back to sleep at 3.30. But, but I'm wanting to have, I want us to have 48 people. I want 48 people that have a desire to pray. over in, And it's not just this church, but this community. Over our schools. Over our police. Over our city council. Over, over, over the United States of America. Praying over the future and the destiny of this church. Yes. Prayer is, is essential. You know, we, we, we have to be that Moses to the world around us. We are, well, whatever will be, will be. No, you have to take your place. Jesus turned, turned to the disciples and gave them authority. But at too often as believers, we just let, well, somebody else will do. Well, I'm just not a prayer. Well, I, prayer is not my calling. It's every believer's calling. I have to look at, if there's any failures in my life, some, I, I, wanna, I have to make it, well, maybe it's a prayer failure. 
And so we'll, we'll let you know here in the next couple weeks on how you can get on that, that prayer thing. It's not a prayer chain. It's not a gossip chain. It's just, it, it's nothing like that. It's, it's the fact of, no, I have a purpose. I'm not praying about my needs. I'm not praying about my prosperity. I'm not praying about my blessings, but I'm praying for God's will to be done in the earth. So you pray now. God, do you want me to be one of those 48? And if we have 96, praise the Lord. If, we, if we, we have 200 people doing it, praise the Lord. It's not, is there still room for, no, there's always room for you on the prayer list. Because I believe in the power of prayer. We talk about staying in faith. We talk about staying victorious. But it's, we have, as believers, we have to take our position in prayer. Hallelujah. Everyone stand to your feet. You received something this morning? Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Whosoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Hallelujah. 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 Whosoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. Hallelujah. Look at me. You have victorious working power in you. Look at me. Every single you have victorious working power in you. Look, you have, yeah, I'm looking at you with a cross neck. You have victorious working power in you. Every single one. Paul, you got victorious working power in you. Hallelujah. 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 Just lift your hands. Father, we thank you for that victorious working power that you place within the inside of us, Father. And I thank you, Lord, that we're a church that knows you. We know that you're a refuge. We know you're a healer. We know that you're a provider. We know that you're King of kings and Lord of lords. We know, Father, that you are good and your mercies endure forever. So, Father, I thank you for your hand over this congregation, Lord, and I thank you that it would go off on the inside of them. Hallelujah, that they are victorious in you. They're overcoming in you, that they're more than a conqueror in you. You said in your word, thanks be to God, which always calls us to triumph in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah, thank you. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. I thank you, Lord, the winner lives on the inside of us. Hallelujah, we thank you for your goodness, and we thank you for your faithfulness, and we take our position. We take that authority and we take our place of prayer. We thank you for it.